Feed were on. I'm here with James. I'm here with Elaine. How's Hi, it going, lads? You press record before we were ready. <laughs> yeah, I got we're, the shock face. Yeah, we're panicking. I'm good though. I've lost my voice again. It's just a Wednesday thing now, apparently. It's great. Just, just from coaching this morning. Yeah. Okay. Daily. It's fab. Okay. <laughs> Elaine. Elaine, how's it going? Great. Delighted to be back. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay. Okay. Let's let's Delighted. dive into our first segment. As always, a training check-in. So, an interesting question this week came from James. What's a training frustration we're dealing with right now, or felt recently? That's a good way to kind of touch base with this because we all run into them. James, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, um, for me, I know it's kind of a weird one <coughs> where I'm trying to push the boundary of things a little bit and I'm getting to that point where like, I'm hitting brick walls. So like, I'm trying to lift heavy, I'm trying to move faster, I'm trying to do all the things. And because I was getting almost back into high-level training this year, everything was going really good. And you obviously hit the point where it's like, ah, oh, this is where I was before. And now I'm having to so, like so you wrestle push, until you I kind of push back up into your upper end of your potential. Yeah, like I'm right up there again. And then, uh, and then you have to develop new There's capacities. new things, yeah. So I, things have to change. Like I'm trying to change my snatch technique. I was changing my clean technique. And then just, I'm generally having to go heavier on things where it's like, oh, this is going to fucking end me today. So you were working on your like longer drive in your snatching this week is that right yeah yes how's that going i hate it it like it, it works but um sorry i know it's going to work long term but each individual snatch now feels clunkier and like just off whenever i catch it normally i catch it and it's like that's what it feels like stand whereas now it feels a teeny bit different which feels like a lot different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. And we talked about the snatching uh, just this morning, about yesterday. Yeah. We're recording here on a Wednesday. And you were saying, how did it go last night? You know, it wasn't necessarily a day for big PRs. PBs, yeah. Even though we had six heavy singles after the technical work. And we were discussing, yeah, I, I don't think people always see that every session isn't for... PBs. You know, you're not going to lift your heaviest and feel the best after it but the groundwork is being laid in the technique work for yep. another day. So you're probably in that, like your all of your training sessions for All of it's groundwork at the day. minute, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where like, and it, it's a weird one because I'm still sometimes, I don't put my score in modified, but I'd still be top of the leaderboard a lot of the time. I'm still going heavy, like I'm still finishing work, it's fast, but it's like, there's just that extra little wrestle thing where I am trying to change things. And I, I was it last week I did your class and I just had a headache. Oh yeah. More than a physical ache. I was just like, my head hurts because I was thinking of things the whole time and I have a default of not thinking. I want to switch off and go. Yeah. So I'm in that thinking mode at the minute. So I'm relating to my people really well. Yeah, yeah. So you're fit. in the hard development, forcing, willing some new capacity. Which physically I haven't done in maybe five or six years. Yeah, cool. Okay. Very cool. Okay, Elaine, what have you got for us? Any frustrations? Uh, I'm very frustrated after my uh, gymnastics this week. So uh, last week I spoke about my hate for gymnastics, um, but it was something that I definitely need to work on. And God, did I work on it on Monday. And my hands are in ribbons as a result. Uh, but um, look, 
that is that shows that I don't condition them enough it's something that I don't put myself through and ever push myself hard enough to allow them rip I'm usually like right time to come off the bar that's enough uh, whether as I pushed myself on Monday and now as a result I couldn't snatch on so, Tuesday so what's the uh, what's the frustration like what does it look like <sighs> I couldn't snatch yesterday like I couldn't, I couldn't drive my car. Like my hand is very sore. So your frustration is the the impact of I'm, the training. I'm incapacitated. I am unable to do the training due to my hands. But it's it shows. I have not been conditioned in my hands. I haven't put myself through. You actually said on Monday, I'm really happy because I never yeah. allow my hands to rip because I never train hard enough with this stuff. Correct. That is very true. I never allow myself get there. I All protect right, so myself. So that's a big win. Thanks for the fist bump, Jim. Oh, huge win. Yeah, I was delighted on Monday. N- not so happy today. Right. Uh, but that's just what it is. But I'm looking forward to still to tomorrow, which is another uh, grippy day. So. Okay. Cool. Okay, so <laughs> my frustrations are around niggles at the moment. I just keep running into little niggles. And they're not injuries. They're just like I have a sore shoulder today. Like last night I went down... I emerged from the fucking office at <laughs> seven o'clock last night, having sat most of the day doing things. And I went in to do the class, the class was full. So I was like, okay, I'll just go and do some training myself. I said, I'm gonna go down and do some wall balls. I hate wall balls. Just go and do an EMOM, force yourself to do it. So I spent 20 minutes warming up everything, loosening out, moving around, felt okay, I'm good get the wall ball, do a few reps, set of four, set of five, set of six, kind of building up to something like a sustainable set for an email. And just, I just caught one and my shoulders went, no, thank you, big sharp pain in the shoulder. I was like, shook it off, did it again. Shoulder was hurting me, did it again. So I, I went and loosened out for a while, I went back to it and it wasn't happening. And at that point, you know, something, an email came in my phone. I sat down on the wall ball and did emails <laughs> for 10 minutes. And that was the end of my training session. But it's, it's like little niggles are happening to me these days quite a bit that just stop me in my tracks. Like I did the class on Sunday and it was all going well. And it just like uh, Natalie said, go warm up your weight. And I did the first one. I was like, nope, that happened today. And I just had to say, that's me today. I've done a full warm up. I'm going to do some light reps. And you just have to deal with it. But it's frustrating in the moment. Like you want to scream. But then you have to, I have to try and be stoic about it. What do you think the cause is? Of the, the niggles? Yeah. Because you're going from like back to neck to shoulder to back yeah, to... Yeah. It, it says to me a couple of things. My lifestyle factors are off at the moment. Because, like for instance, Anya, our nutritionist, one of the points she made in one of her lectures was you have to plan what you're going to eat you need to plan in far enough ahead that you can actually have it ready but you also need to plan when you're going to eat it and i was like oh that's such a simple thing it seems over planning but that's my problem at the moment i i just don't plan time to eat in a day go too long or grab a fucking granola bar and it's not right and then you're not my nutrition is out of whack my sleeping's out of whack i'm working too much i'm stressed too much and it's all that stuff yeah. so it's nothing really to do with like my technique is generally good I, I tend to be sensible in my warm-ups I tend to do all the things that you should do to avoid injuries and I, and I don't but they're not injuries they're niggles and they're just little signals I need to change something yeah. so, like Kelly Sarah always says pain is a request for change your body's letting you know need to do something different 
So I'm in that point now where I'm like, it's a busy period. Like uh, for the last 10 years, <laughs> I've been saying, <laughs> <laughs> but I do need, I am trying to figure that out at the moment. Like how do I buy myself a bit more time for health? I guess that's, that's nice. Where I'm but I'm interested in the frustration. When you run into frustration, what do you do? What's your, what's your strategy? <laughs> uh, I tend to get really annoyed. I get a little bit huffy and then I can confirm and then I have to go away and check myself and I generally tend to talk to Jill about something at home right like whether it's a training frustration or a life frustration it's like we just I I think of everything I tend to write stuff down and then we go talk and then I quite often talk to you about stuff as well and it's just I need to figure it all out in my head then go talk to someone whether it's a serious thing or a not serious thing yeah, so verbalizing it really helps it's always that yeah but I, yeah verbalizing it but I I have to figure out the root cause of the problem in my head first yeah because you when you come to me for a chat you tend to have a lot of resolve already yeah I'm like it's very true here's what's happened here's what I th a lot of time here's what I think needs to happen next I I toxic trait I struggle to go to people and just ask for help like here's a thing come help me with it whereas i always try and figure it out so training frustration is the exact same i internalize it if it's right i'm an okay coach because i want to go figure out these problems and then i i tend to get pretty close to figuring it out yeah deadly what about you Elaine? do you do anything like do you have a strategy in the moment i'm very stroppy and shut down and don't want to listen to coach and do all the things that should i shouldn't do uh but then i go and eat generally the problem i haven't eaten or something really simple <laughs> i go and eat and talk you know and marks and spencer's cookie solves everything no, I'm <laughs> i can't give you high five because of my sore hand james <laughs> more knuckles um no but it's seriously serious in seriousness it's talking to somebody it's talking to hannah who might if it, particularly if it's in terms of training uh, having a discussion around whatever the issue is and yeah sometimes it's it's a chill out time as well take a step back mm, yeah it's to then move back, forward yeah yeah because i find my my body language gets terrible I, yeah. and i become aware of it um yeah 100 <laughs> i can feel it i can i can feel myself the frustration is written all over everything and and then i have to say oh what the fuck are you doing you're absolutely uh wearing it, your heart in your sleeve here and it's ruining other people's training sessions yeah. like the coach has to deal with me now that I happened, have to go, come on. That happened to me last week to the point where Sheila Connell actually texted me. I was doing lunch class last Wednesday and later that evening, Sheila messaged me going, are you okay? That's how bad my body language was. And I was like, oh, fuck. James, go sort this out. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, 100%. But it is that, I think that act of stepping back then eventually is the thing, right? You have to get a bit of perspective and say, here, come on. There's there's lots of good things happening. This is a moment. This is a thing. Let's yeah. uh, let's move. You know, past it. But it I think it makes us a better coach at the same time to recognise like it happens to all of us. It happens. I have conversations on the daily with people who are getting frustrated with whatever it is they're working on, mm -hmm. and I'm able to say, hey, last week I X Y Z. Um, so it's it's a, it's a, a great question to recognise that it happens to all of us. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so if you're dealing with frustrations. We get it, but also take a step back, give yourself a moment and see, can you? And eat a Marks and Spencer's cookie. <laughs> also, it's f so fucking important. I think if one of the appeals to 
working here and then doing the type of training we do is there's just always something to fucking get better at. Like imagine if you just came to training and you did three sets of ten sit downs and press ups and you're like it's fucking shit. There's no fr- the frustration is I'm not getting better. Whereas the frustration here is, am I getting better? Am I not? Like, there's, yeah. it's, it's a really, it's important part of it. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, for sure, absolutely, hundred uh, percent. And we will get to the our, our podcast club discussion later about that gritty mindset. I think the, pers- the dealing with the frustration is what gives us that gritty mindset. But we'll come back to that in a bit. Let's talk programming. We have a week ahead that's looking a lot of fun. So interesting question this week. If you could pick one workout that you could only do one workout for the rest of the year, which one would it be of the coming week? James, do you want to go first there? Uh, I thought this was going to be a harder question to answer whenever I posed it, but uh, Thursday for me, easy. Every two minutes for 24 minutes, uh, 20 floor press, 20 cow bike, 20 wall ball shots. I'm like, my legs will get hit, my upper body will get hit, and my conditioning. I'm like, there's a full body workout that you could probably... If you can change some variables, I could try and do smaller sets all in one minute. I could increase the reps, decrease the reps, increase the time, decrease the time. But for those three movements, like, I don't know, I reckon if I did that three times a week for the rest of my life, I'd probably look pretty fucking jacked as well. <laughs> <laughs> probably be able to do a lot of things. So, yeah, that okay. one. Yeah, okay, I like it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of boxes. Yeah. Right, Elaine, what have you got here? I misread the question. I thought I thought I could only pick one workout for next week. That changes my answer because I have to back squat for the rest of my life. <laughs> but the back squat and the double unders, just no. But it would make me, you know, sort them out. And that would be cardio plus leg strength. Yeah, I can't give up back squat ever. Do you want to tell them what it is? So Monday is climb the ladder for 12 minutes. Two, four, six, eight, ten, and so on. Back squat. Now it's a light back squat, but I could add weight. And 10, 20, 30, 40, and so on of double unders. Um, so yeah, that's that would keep me happy and sad for the rest of my life. <laughs> I could work on that forever. I did think about that one myself because the back squat has so much yeah. in it. And the, the double unders keep you up on your toes exactly, and keep it bouncing yeah. a bit of keep cardio on it. It's going to be a tough workout. Very, very tough. That I think it's going to be rough. fine for about three minutes and then there's another nine to go. <laughs> Deadly. Okay. Um, my selection was Sunday. Um, oh. And why? Why do you say that? That's <sighs> Sorry, you, you go on, and then I'll Thanks. explain why I said okay. that. <laughs> Thanks, James. <laughs> so Sunday we have like rowing for distance. We have four minute rowing intervals, and we change the stroke rate from like very low to very high every time, and the, and they're always changing, like eighteen to twenty six, eighteen to twenty six, or twenty to twenty eight. So lots of rowing intervals. What's cool about this though is you have you're going rowing every ten minutes. In the six minutes off, you're building towards a heavy single of a strict press. So you've got some some nice strength work to do. And I, I kind of imagine this like you'll do your four minutes, you'll build a little bit in maybe sets of three or four in your first after your first round. When you get back around after your next rowing interval, you might even have to come back and wait a bit. Yeah. You might reduce the reps down a little bit. So there might be this like wave of build up, come back, build up, come back. And by the end of it, you'll have hit a heavy single. And you can kind of do it at your leisure because you have six minutes to do it. So you've a nice mix here of the full body rowing, which gets the cardio, gets the leg drive, gets the pull. And then you get the upper body press as well. 
And I think even if, if I can only do this for a full year, I'm thinking about motivation. I'm thinking, what would I feel like doing? And no matter how tired I am or fucked off I am, I think I can handle a rolling machine. And I think I can handle a strict press. So I think uh, for me, I can, and I can always just build on the strict press as the year goes on because it's for strength. So that was the rationale. So James, tell me why I'm a sh shithead. So whenever, <laughs> no, I just said, like, I looked at the workouts and he, I posed the question. So I was like, oh, I imagine Elaine will pick the back squats. And I seen the Sunday and I was like, I bet you Jamie will pick the row with the change in the stroke rate every minute. Just because it's a bit more, <coughs> it's like technically a bit more difficult. There's a, a challenge within the challenge. So like row for distance, but constraint, constraint, constraint. I'm like, that's just Jamie Lawler just in a workout. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting to know you better. That's all. Thanks. <laughs> there are so many interesting workouts coming up next week. Yeah, there's some serious workouts. It looks I really feel like we say this every week. We go down to sit, we sit down to do the other podcasts and I nearly always start it with, gee, this is some week of training. Yeah, but, but there's some weeks I don't like. I program and yeah. I look back and go, I'm not a big fan of that week that I've just programmed, but it's kind of necessary or it makes sense compared to like in the broad scheme of things, what we need to do at the moment. This one, I like the look of this week. Mm. There's, uh, there's enough interesting things. And the next week, again, it's, it's starting off like we've got <gasps> a few. Holy yeah, so. Oh, save it for the next <laughs> podcast. Save it, save it, save it, save it, save it. Save it, save it. So wow. there's a lot of cool things coming up. But that, that week, that whole week, there's a lot of cool stuff. I actually had like three different options for the workout I would pick for the rest of the year in that week. Well, when I misread the question. I thought it was just for next week. I could only do one. And Wednesday looks epic. The snatch pull power snatch. And then I love that it's for total power output. Uh, some perfect power snatch singles. Yeah, I just can't think of anything more beautiful. Yeah, it's going to be deadly. Apart from back squats. Apart from back squats <laughs> with those stinking double unders. But yeah, ne next week looks epic. So I just want to point out what's on the Tuesday, the day before the snatching. <laughs> So you might not be able to do the snatch again next Wednesday. This was, this was my second choice. Oh, right. Yeah, I was like, that would be another amazing workout. Yeah, 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 yeah. we're getting on the rings. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, okay, that's programming. That's, uh, let's talk about what's coming up here in Bua. And the one thing I want to focus on this week is our benchmarks, our quarterly performance tests that we've got coming up. And we know game day, we talked last week about the dates, the 2nd and the 9th of September. But we also know that in the quarter, we've got these two other tests coming up that they're going to be in the daily programming. We don't know what day. It's just going to show up someday and you're going to show up ready to go. And do you remember what the workouts are, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Last week, I had a bit of a blip, but I have them written down today. <laughs> so that helps. <laughs> so we've got Gwen, and that's the 15, 12, 9. The clean and jerks, you select your weight, 20 in the window to get them all done. They need to be unbroken. That is such a difficult one to figure out, but I, I cannot wait for Gwen Day. And then there is the mono benchmark one, which is the 1K row, 2K bike, and 300 double unders. Um, we know they're coming up before game day, and game day is approaching. And now I just want to say, from this day on, they are a live option any day. So we tend to leave it later in the quarter, but from this point onwards, it could be tomorrow, it could be the Jeez. next day, you don't know. So now you gotta start thinking about it for yourself. What's your strategy? What's your pace on the road? What's your pace on the bike? How are you gonna break up your double unders? You gotta think about the weight of Gwen 
and I hear some people saying, might do 55, might do 60, might do 65. And you should be starting to think, should it be 56 or 57? It's like granular because the difference is giant. It adds up so quick. So any clean and jerk workout, any barbell cycling workout, we got to start thinking about for ourselves, where's my capacity around 15 unbroken? Yeah. If you can't get over that first hump, you're dead in the water. So that's something to think about. I cannot wait. Have you got a number yet? Do you know what your weight is going to be? I don't. I really don't. This, as I have said before, my this scares me massively. And it is such a bit like, I don't even want to say a number because I don't, I don't know. Come on, like, come on, come on. Give no, us a range. I don't say that. So at the start, I had 55 in my head if I could work towards that. But I 55. No, no way. Like, no way. That like the 15 unbroken is so scary. Uh, so now maybe 50. But even at that, it's going to be just horrendous. 50 is going yeah, to be I'm tough. Yeah, but I'm mentally very, that's my, my, my weakness. My biggest weakness is my mental game where I'm holding on to the bar. I've done 12 and I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'll just drop it. Fuck it. That's, a te- that's something that I've always struggled with. So this just excites me how much I have come on. But at the same time, <coughs> I can just drop that bar if I feel like it. Like on Sunday. I just dropped the bar after seven reps. I was like, seven seems like a good number. Bang. <laughs> so yeah. Bang. So, and, and it was literally from overhead, bang. Like I didn't even pretend to get it to my shoulder and be like, oh, I'll give it one more go. Um, so, but Annie, I'm writing all this shit down, okay? So take all of your notes, take, trying to get as much knowledge as to what will inform me to, to, to have the best weight and strategy possible. James, have you any, any ideas? Uh, yeah, I have some ideas. The mono benchmark, I'm pretty sure I held a like a 153 pace on the rower. And then I averaged like a 156 on the bike. So both of them, one or two seconds quicker. Like maybe a 151-ish on the row and down under 155 on the bike. And that'll give me like another five or six seconds and then on double unders try and go as close to unbroken as possible definitely go unbroken for as long as possible i think the last i think i've done that three times i think the first time i did it i tried to go unbroken but i wasn't very fit at the time so i didn't get very far so it was lots of snagging i think the most recent time i did it i went 150 50 and then something else but i was a bit more tactical with it and i think so you decided to break at yeah, certain points? Yeah, actively, yeah. Whereas I think if I can just get a big chunk done and then go from there, I tend to move a little bit quicker that way. I think it kind of depends on where you're at with your conditioning yeah. as well, isn't it? Like if you're really conditioned, you're pushing just on to going, new yeah. things, you might say, well, who knows how, how big a set I can get, so yeah. let's not pre- prematurely stop myself. Exactly. Yeah, class. Okay, so hopefully that gives everybody a little bit of an idea of where to start with their thinking on it. Um, it's the next three weeks. That's no. terrifying. <laughs> it feels like only three weeks since we announced it, but it's not <laughs> so yeah. long ago. Yeah. So I think, but I think even if you're like, you're both saying the same thing at the same time, it's terrifying, but I'm excited. Yeah. And I think that's what you need to tap into in yourself. If you've got a bit of fear, you got to say, yeah, but also it's an opportunity to go out and test yourself. It's not for anyone else. It's for you. So get the blinkers on, ignore everyone else. Get your head down your training use it as fuel to to fuel each session and when it comes you know just keep your open mind and say give up my, give up my best and it's going to be another experience yeah okay deadly 
Okay, let's move on. We've got a Jose question, as always. Now this one, we're go are we going deep today? It looks like we're going deep today. So the question is, I'm going to ask you, Elaine, first. How much does happiness depend on you? And how much does it depend on externalities? Jamie, did we switch the question? <laughs> Was this not the question? I thought we were doing the other one. No, we're doing this one. Okay, will you ask me again? <laughs> Literally, this is the one you voted for. I did vote, but I didn't realise I won to vote. <laughs> didn't realise I was Elaine for president. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ask me that question again, so, Jamie. It's about happiness. So, how much does it depend on you, or how much does it depend on like external circumstances? It's a ma massive Jose question, and I like it. Um, like initially, straight away, is it depends on you. Uh, you are in charge. To me, anyhow. It's, in, it's up to me. I'm in charge of my own destiny. I'm in charge of my... Here, can I ask you a question then, uh, yeah. related? What, so, if we're going to answer the question, we kind of have to answer what happiness means to you. Yes. And do you have an, a sense of what happiness means to you? Happiness is, if I look at my day or my week, maybe a week, that all of these different things happen within a week. And it's to do with relationships, friends, family, dogs, time outside, like all of... All of these things can all happen in one day. Okay, we have to work, we have to train, we have to do all these other things. But have I connected with my friends, my friendship groups, my family? Um, have I gotten a walk out with the dogs? I can't do that every single day, but have I been to the beach? So it's kind of more things within a week makes me happy. Uh, any one day, you have a good day, you have a bad day. Uh, but overall... I can look back at my week and say I got outside I got a walk in I trained really hard I got really challenged at work I had this win at work um yeah it's kinda, isn't there a little difference between like the feeling of happiness and the sense of satisfaction in life like I'm satisfied with how my week went yeah I got what I needed from it and I have to be happy with that yeah versus I'm in the moment and I have a feeling of I'm really happy right now. Yeah. Isn't, isn't there kind of a difference there? are two there? different things. It's like a remembered happiness or yeah. an experienced happiness. I think that's how they divide it in the research as well. And the remembered happiness does, I think it feeds into our sense of, I, am, I have a sense of real satisfaction with my life and where it's going, where mm. it's at at the moment. Um, and for instance, um, you know the research you hear about, about money that... It, like money makes you happier and happier the more you have up to a certain point and then it drops off a cliff i think the the, the number when the research was done was like 10 years ago so 80 grand a year or something like that and i think mm. corrective for inflation is like one hundred and twenty thousand dollars or something a year once you get past that yeah it doesn't really get increase your happiness but what it was interesting was it does increase levels of satisfaction so if so so if you're going up and up and up and up in your money you can be more satisfied with your lot i guess or where you're at at the moment but your experienced happiness is not really changed so when i read that question it makes me think like my feeling of happiness in a moment to moment thing where does it come from and how much control do i have over it? is it an internal thing where i can talk myself reframe and almost convince myself that everything outside of me is all just happening and I have to find an inner peace? Or is it like, what if what if you get sick or someone you care about gets sick? Like that's an externality that 
probably going to affect your happiness levels, right? There's a certain amount of stoicism you can read and practice that might break down when things get really shit. You get me? So is there, do you, do you find yourself uh, actively saying, I'm quite unhappy right now and I need to do something to change my state? Yeah, and that would be the daily, more on a daily basis kind of thing. I could be happy or unhappy. What's one thing that could switch to make me happier? Could be ring my sister to vent, or it could be uh, to get outside, get some fresh air, something like that. But that's why I like looking back on the week or reviewing it in like a weekly terms, because yes, you might have someone close to you who's unwell, or there might be shit things going on. But in general, out of seven days of the week did you experience some form of happiness uh, during the week but the reflection it's not something I'm very good at but a weekly reflection on that I know you're very good at that James um, and it's something I'm, I want to get better at doing because otherwise you just keep going and going and going and going and you never actually check and go Jesus I've am I satisfied where I, I am at was I happy this week it's something that if you don't consciously make an effort at it it doesn't happen yeah I agree with that I think you do have to put an effort into it yeah what about you James can you explain the two happinesses again so a remembered one so you're looking reflecting back and you're asking yourself how uh, how happy am I with everything yep. as it happened and uh, everything and up to this point and br that everything that brings me here and then there's the experiential yeah there okay. and you could say what's like you experience joy mm. you experience happiness in a moment and that's the I like this is great fun you mm. might stop in a moment you're on a night out or a dinner you're like this is brilliant isn't it and that's like I'm have a f this feeling of but isn't it I know whenever you say that I I think that there's not necessarily a core not always a correlation that the the in the moment happiness leads to greater general life happiness do you know what I mean like um I'm quite happy to sit on Instagram and scroll but I never look back and go I'm really glad I sat on Instagram and scrolled. Whereas sometimes I have to go, I'm going to read a book now. I don't really want to, but I know that generally this will improve my quality of life by being more knowledgeable and being able to help people more. And, and they're the things that I really, really care about, not just instant satisfaction. And then the same thing with maybe like some nights out. There's some nights out that I were going out this weekend to watch the rugby and I can't wait but there's other nights out where I'm like I don't want to go I know I'll have fun when I get there but I don't want to go because I know the next day I'll regret it but it's still fun when I'm there but it didn't improve like my overall happiness does that make sense but it, so uh, my question is is that just a nervousness or, or a reluctance before so you've got an unhappiness then you go and you become happy. Yeah. And then you go, then the next day you've got the hangover. You got no, so and so another unhappiness. And unhappy. So the net outcome is unhappiness is <laughs> is, is negative. <laughs> yeah. But you had some happiness in there the middle. Some of happiness it. in there, yeah. But I think if I got rid of that one little area of happiness, would it have net overall been happier? <laughs> Just don't do anything. Become a nihilist. So, but but also, I I completely agree with you, right? Yeah. And then on the other hand. The question if you go back to the question like how much is it internal and how much is it external how much is it the party and how much is it that you're 
um, like how much control do you think really you really have over the nervousness or the reluctance before it yeah. so, the joy during it the hangover afterwards I think maybe it's also context dependent isn't it because whenever you threw that question of yeah but what if someone's sick I'm like fuck yeah like if Paige was unwell like I am not going to be happy you're not like stoicing your way out of that yeah, one. Yeah, no, no like a, absolutely not. Touch wood, if something ever happened to her, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to just be like, well, yeah, let's control, like, let's reframe this. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's bullshit. Like if someone said that to me, I'd fucking punch them. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, fuck yourself. But all other things being equal, if things are going the way they normally go, it's just another Wednesday. Then I think it becomes much more dependent on myself. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, uh, it's. I think it's an interesting question because yeah. it's a wrestle all the time. Because I do try my best to, if, if I notice I'm in a bad mood, for instance, that's a mood thing. I, I I do make an effort to try and change that. Not always successful, yeah. but I do say like I'm, I'm coming into an environment where if I'm carrying around a bad mood, everyone else is going to have to suffer for it. I'm going to have to do something about that. And then there's also the days where I'm suffering more than I need to because I'm just running around my head yeah. in circles. And I can say, well, what control do I have? And I go and take some actions to try and change that. Yeah, I think the check-in is always important, isn't it? It's like, right, I'm not happy right now. Why? So one, there's the awareness. Can you can you identify it? And then whenever you identify it, it's like, is, is this something that is genuinely impactful or am I making the decision to let myself be unhappy and miserable and moody about it yeah yeah sometimes yeah. you can't just go oh, there can be a laziness around it yeah like you just go ah fuck it's, it's, it's sometimes easier to just be grumpy and tired isn't it yeah and he's like absolutely oh, come on absolutely. try a bit harder and then and then whenever you do that and you perk up a little bit it's way better and then there's i also what comes to mind for me is that there is there is some real happiness after the fact of some suffering like there is some categories of suffering that you purposefully go through and then you, you can say afterwards, I'm so happy. I took that thing on. I went through it. And now I'm going to go to the side of it. Like and training. I, <laughs> like training. 100%. That's a, a yeah. chosen suffering that we say, look at how happy I am after it. So it's it's not always the, I have to be happy all the time. We, we take the decisions to do things to invest in future happiness. Yeah. For instance. It's an interesting question. We'd love mm. to hear how people deal with their, their, their happiness. Um, okay. So let's transition from that similar topic. We talked about the podcast last week. We recommended people go re listen to it, the first hour of it. Big topic. And uh, I think it's really relevant to our training process. We're always thinking, I want to improve my performance and athleticism so I can have a better life here. Then there's this second thing, which is I want to age in the best way possible so that as I get older, that I can maintain a quality of life that I would really like. I'd like to avoid all of the awful things that can happen when we get older or minimize it. So it's part of the process here. And what I thought this podcast gave to us was a way of thinking about aging that might be an update to an old way of thinking about it. So um, Elaine, you listened to it, right? I did. I listened and to it for the third time today in traffic. <laughs> in traffic. <laughs> in traffic, yes. So I'm interested in your big takeaways. Like what's your like your main things that you got? So every time I've listened to it, I've taken away something different from it. Um, and to be honest, before listening to it, it's aging is not, for whatever reason, it's not something I've given a lot of time to. 
I probably would have just thought, yeah, you get old and the labels in the podcast, like slow rot theory on reflection, it is probably something how I would think you, as you get older, you just slowly get worse at this, get slower at that and you just fade away into, um, oblivion <laughs> but um that is not what i think i am surrounded thankfully by um loads of positive role models in this area through work and in life as well but the biggest takeaway was was to have a training partner i thought that was amazing to have somebody that you can go through this journey in life with um and take it on take on the uh, sorry the in particular the aging process that it's not it's something you have to actively work at like in the gym if you want to get better at gymnastics or back squat or something you have to think about it and you have to work on it and to have somebody who that you can challenge your ideas around these things and talk about and just simply have an opinion on the on the aging process and think about it and talk about it and so just to jump in there the the training partner thing is huge and it comes up everywhere like you hear about it in the high performance elite performance end of things you'll hear people saying the training partners are everything. Mm. You hear about it in terms of um, people sticking long-term to a training program, that it's the people around them is the, the big difference maker. Yeah. And then you hear about it in this with the aging process, it completely changes how well we age as well. It's yeah. everywhere. And like I used to do personal training before we opened the gym. And it was when I transitioned back to groups because I started in groups that for me it was like a no-brainer this is what we're going to do forever because the group energy is just it changes everything everything. and it's not just it's good crack like it changes everything about the results about the health it gives us a place to go and be around people where sometimes we don't always feel like it but we know it's good for us yeah so i think it's a huge i I really took a lot from that myself i always thought it was i also thought it was kind of funny the replacement friend thing yeah that scared me as well yeah the whole thing of people age together and then die together and you could be the one who's left but i i'm like my granny at the moment is 92 and she's at that process where it's like these everyone around her is dying like she's one of the last of her friends and but she has a younger friend who can still drive so it's like woo, yeah you know, class, she's the cool it? one <laughs> so it is really important to surround yourself um and, and i know this as well like i'm so i'm 43 so i am now becoming one of the oldest people in the gym which which was not the case when i opened it right so it's kind of an interesting thing for me. All these, these young people coming yeah. into the gym all the time, younger than me, younger than me, and they get younger because yeah. I get older. <laughs> so relatively speaking, but it's brilliant to be around people at the different ages all the time and have build relationships with them. The younger coaches that I have relationships with, you don't always connect on everything. <laughs> there's always that gap, but then there's this also, there is a type of relationship that's different that is really good for you. Yeah. That you're not because i would always default to the 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 old crusty guys and then when these younger people come in it's like it's a different thing different energy and when i heard the guy saying i'm like that's actually really important and i feel really lucky to be around surrounded by younger people it's great very cool so i cut you off you had other things oh no i was gonna go through the list which i thought was really interesting of the safety partner that there's four main components um the first one is psychological safety which i thought is just like a, just a whole other interesting layer to that if you're not safe around the people if you don't trust the people you're with uh 
what's that you're the sum of the five people around you that co- like if they think one way that's how you're most likely going to think and um, so that psychological safety to be safe to fail to feel safe to be yourself around that person really really important learning styles was really covered in this which i loved that um it's not necessarily like kinesthetic and um Visual really verbal, bright, but yeah. it's it's like i learn really slowly i need to sit with something i can't come up with an idea overnight so to also be surrounded by people in that manner rather than feeling like in school where it's it's a like how quick can you it's respond to it? Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I really like that delving into that. The other one was path into flow. I know we've spoken about flow before, but again, how do you get to uh, whatever it is you're working on or whatever the idea is? You can't just jump straight into it. There's a process um, of getting there, and then overlapping goals, which I think is the biggest one to surround yourself with people who have similar goals, similar ideas, um, that don't just won't accept that. Yeah the slower theory or won't just accept where you're at in life that we, we can keep learning developing and growing um so yeah i thought it was brilliant yeah so, so much there's so much so much james so that's funny the the one thing that I, i've written a couple of things down but the one thing i wanted to talk about was that same idea around um <clears throat> learning styles path into flow and psychological safety and that's something i've said to you before about working here and our relationship is I feel like I can try new things on the floor at risk of people going, that didn't work, knowing that some people could message you and go, here, your coach is fucking about. The other side of that is then, I feel like I can go and do the internship, I can set up a podcast, like I have that element in here with this group and with you. So I think that's huge and it made me think then about I think I mentioned this in a podcast recently where I'd been listening to a podcast where some ex-rugby players were talking to Eddie Jones, their old coach. Yeah. And they had the opposite of psychological safety. They had psychological fear. I'm like, so it always brings me back to how I coach. I'm like, are are my people feeling safe that they can go and try new things? Are they comfortable doing that? And then that led into the different learning styles. Or it's like, uh, to give an example, Jose, you show him a thing and he's like, yeah, I'll try. And he doesn't mind if there's no one in the gym or 100 people in the gym. He can go try it. But I would have a, a bias of, I'm going to go try on my own, see if I can do it. And then if I need help, I can go get help. But I, I, I don't really like experimenting in public. I'd rather experiment on my own. And then That's when I have a slightly more polished product, I'll go to, do you know what I mean? And yeah, Jose is really good at that. He he just will go out and he's like, yeah, fail let's just 40 go try. times. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, amazing. It's amazing. But I'm like, I, I don't like that. I also recognize that there's there's different benefits to both. Like the benefit he has is he can get instant feedback. Whereas in my bias, the way I want to do it, I don't get feedback until I've already put a lot of effort in. And I say, oh, maybe I'd be better just fucking doing the thing, finding out if that works or doesn't, and then back again. But then that ties into psychological safety. Like if you're with people, where you can just try something straight away and then they go uh, 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 wrong and go from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the group environment is just it's, it's such a huge thing, isn't it? Huge. Um, the other thing that really stuck out to me was just after this section actually where they talked about uh, cognitive speed and fluidity and how that declines with age. And they're like, but the thing that powers the that helps the brain connect is calcium. 
the brain draws calcium from the bones. Bone density is the factor in having enough calcium. And bone density is strength training and nutrition. If you're stronger and you eat well, you'll have dense bones. Therefore, you can think faster for longer. I was like, fuck. Mind-blowing. Fuck. If I just get my squat bigger now, I'll be that woody old person. And be Your brain fuel. Brain fuel and still be able to do things. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Oh, it's class, yeah. Dreamy. Yeah, it's such a fascinating area. And it does, it does sound like feel like the aging process like there's a new wave of experimentation and um, science going into just rethinking the whole thing that's that's long slow rot thing it's such stuck in my mind i know like we talked about fixed mindset last week i realized i was listening i have a fixed mindset around aging that i have very much uh, i know what it's like and i know what's what's happening to me and i know what's going to happen to me it's it's a story that's been told a billion times, right? And this podcast completely challenged that in me. I like I have to rethink myself mm. because I had definitely stuck in the um, like. It made me reflect back on m- my more athletic days where I was actually competing, and my sport was all martial arts. And when I stopped doing that, I stopped in my head becoming athletic. And I, it actually coincided with me opening the business. So I had this stopping one thing, starting another. And there was very much a, like a, a line in on the ground. Like once I step over this, I'm not athletically getting better anymore. Now I'm going to go and grow a business. And, I, and I've given that everything I've got to the detriment of my of the other stuff. And at the time when I opened the business, I had actually decided like the two years previous to... Uh, dial back my work to a minimum like to uh eight hours a week pt enough to pay my rent to buy cornflakes so i could eat every day and so i could train multiple times a day because all i wanted to do was go and have a few pro fights before i finished that was the goal so i said i'm going to give it two years and at the time i was 29 and remembering back now the prevailing conversation with everyone who i was who would talk to me like you're doing less PT now what's going on you're training a lot I was like yeah because I'm going to go and do this thing and everybody's like you're a bit old to be doing that right like you're a bit old and they were right I was like it was unusual for someone in their late 20s to go and try and take on that right but for me it was like that's what I want to do so I don't give a fuck I'm, I'm going to go and do it and it did like I had two years of people saying that to me and then I never got to do it because of injuries and then I left behind and I now I reflect back and I go, that's had a major impact on my mindset for the last 12 years, whatever it is. So now I have a goal. I have a job now to switch that around. It's interesting he said about um, the seeking mindset of young people, that they go out and they're seeking new experience, novelty. They're getting curious around, around everything and the curiosity is the thing that keeps giving you the dopamine and the, the feel good. And then that gets slowly replaced by a need for security because you get you get the job you get the house you find your partner you have your dog and everything's like now i have everything that i need in place now i need to protect that rather than go seeking new things so um that's a big challenge for me i have to go now and say i've done a lot of work to get myself to a point where like where i never thought i would be able to get to but now i have to open my head up to 
am I going to be able to start new things? And I have to carve out time in my day because I don't have any. And I've, <laughs> I've given everything to work, you know. So now I have to do that. So I, th I thought from a, a general experience of listening to an hour's conversation, it had a huge impact. And um, I think a lot of people go through that aging, you know, as they get to their late 30s, into the 40s, there's this switch that society expects us to go into a certain mode. And we can talk ourselves into it so quickly. Yeah. And there's a there's a plus or minus seven and a half year swing. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, on the fucking on the longevity, like that's bigger than smoking. Mm. Like it's absolutely mental when you think about it that way. So I think there's a job to be done with all of us who are aging. And I know the people who are around my age training in the gym. Like a lot of us, and I say us because I'm part of this gang. We walk around bitching and moaning about our our aches and pains and we can't do what we used to and oh, we're all sure it's only it's a young person's game and and there is a job to be done i think around it because for me it's the most exciting time because it's, it's like I've, i have a lot of experience i've got myself to a point where i can go and uh, there's a bit more wisdom in it right like there's so much more to be experienced in life and i can feel my default is to start closing doors rather than open them so it's a big thing it's such a, a such a cultural thing as well like you look at uh you always look out to the extremes like you look at elite athletes there's the, the tom brady's the ronaldo's the messi's the johnny sexton's it's like their late 30s or tom brady was in his 40s and everyone's like oh i don't know about that yeah i don't know if we can rely on johnny going to the world cup and it's like yeah but it doesn't really matter what fucking age he is if he's the best he's the best why why let age be the limiting factor and, and it's all anyone talks about ever ever with him the other side of it is gnarl country is the, is the name Gnarl of the book country, yeah. Gnarl country and he said gnarly is high in perceived risk high in actual risk yeah. because there is actual risk the body's not the same i do pick up more niggles than i used to but i thought what was really good is he, he had this gritty mindset that goes along with it and that's what you do need to develop you need to be gritty which is when sh when you take the knocks you can't let it knock you down you got to get pick yourself back up every single time and i think that's a big part of the the benefit of it you do get more gritty um, as, and if you don't decide to you will just default to the other i think that's the key to it that was my big takeaway you got to make the decision so here i am making the decision <laughs> trying to fight my default and uh, but i think it, overall it was a very hopeful very optimistic listen and i think that was my favorite thing about it it's all optimistic and i think being optimistic about it just like whether that's whether what he's saying turns out to be true or not like for you or for us i think being optimistic just puts you in a better position anyway because you're like well, at least i'm gonna now try towards this thing but if you're a pessimistic and you just go or realistic as some people like to say i'm getting older therefore i'm just not going to be able to do the things it's like well yeah you're going to be right in that scenario you're never going to go prove yourself wrong 100%. But at least you can work hard to try and prove yourself right if you want to be optimistic about it. Yeah, for sure. So if you if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, it's in the link for last week's show. And um, you can hear it's had a big impact on us. Yeah. So in those 60 minutes, it can really have a transformative effect. Well, of the two guys, there's Scott Barry Kaufman. I've read one of his books and I've bought two more. And of Steve Kotler's, I've read three of his and I have another two ready to go as well. Like they both... They both write really well and they both have so much in it. 
so much so in it. Much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I really recommend go listen to it. Okay, so let's move on. We have a shout out, and this is an unorthodox one. This is normally banned by me. I don't like it because everybody wants to give a shout out to an individual. Sorry, to a to a group of people because everyone likes their groups. I'm like, no, it has to be an individual. But this week there is a group. A shout out for a group, which is the Dunlear. 6.30 a.m. crew. What's going on, Elaine? The 6.30 a.m. crew are hungry and we love to see it. Uh, Hannah had a chat with them about um, hunger levels in the gym. 6.30 a.m., it's that time of them, like, I personally don't know if I could, you know, Show up train at blazing. full capacity yeah. at 5.30 a.m. and 6.30 a.m. It is early. Uh, people are tired, but they are, there's just been a switch in gear and I've noticed it over the last few weeks. But uh, Hannah had a chat with them about hungry. Uh, so our values are hungry, humble and happy. And we actually discussed happy a few weeks ago and what that meant in the context of the gym um, and goals, etc. But hungry, we're testing the hunger levels at the minute and she just basically said they all died this morning in like the best possible way. They uh, chased down that workout and they went after it and it's just over the last few weeks, it's increasing, increasing, increasing and we are ready for game day and we're very excited for so, it. So there's a, a noticeable switching gears. It's huge switching gears and uh, it was needed and we are, you know, they've responded and it's been It's amazing when, when a group does that, isn't it? Yeah, the like, whole lot of them. Isn't it weird the way a group can do that? And it can be just a few individuals Correct. and then other people f- take like follow the lead and all of a sudden there's a different vibe. Yeah, 100%. And uh, they're just so focused at the minute on progress, progress. A few of them would have defaulted. Oh, this is how I do my pull-ups. This is, I use this band always. But this new, the programming, it's just challenge their um, beliefs of what, what they uh, are capable of. And it's Oh, kind of amazing yeah it's amazing okay keep up the good work happy days okay um right we've got one more piece which is our usual finisher overrated underrated now <laughs> we'll see how elaine gets on with this Fuck. this week <laughs> I um just so the first one are you ready no i'm not i can't remember what they are <laughs> so overrated underrated live gigs or matches underrated <laughs> So does she mean overrated? We'll find out. I'm not answering first. I'm going to say underrated. Yeah, this is such a tough one. Yeah. I'm going to say underrated. Oh, go you first. We've all said the same thing here. This is wild. Yeah, I wonder if you all mean the same thing. (laughs) But so I'm going to say underrated. And it's really hard because everything in my head wants to complain about the experience of going to a live gig and it's so curmudgeonly like it's like oh god i have to go out and i have to sit this is the happiest thing we were talking about earlier right rain you know there's queues there's traffic and you get there and you know often the tv experience like i'm I'm talking about a match here the tv experience is often better you're sitting in a nice comfortable chair you've got a beer you've got some food if you want you've got people around you you don't have to go anywhere and they show the match so well. You see it better. Yeah. You hear the, the commentary. You hear the, the ref. The whole thing. And you go to the match, and it's like you're sitting around in an empty sta- or in a big stadium, and it's there's all these like lulls in the play. You don't quite know what's happening all the time. The traffic, the rain, da 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 da. But yeah, at the same time, you can't beat it. No. You can't be be in there. And all of the big matches I've been to, you their memories like they stick in my head where I don't really have many memories of sitting in front of a TV watching a game 
So it is probably a bit of that, what we talked about earlier, the happiness thing. Um, plus, when I think about gigs, like a good gig is an emotional high. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't beat it. It's amazing when you get the right band that you really love, the right atmosphere. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. But such a giant pain in the arse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was torn with this because for I love going to watch the rugby. Like We've been to five or six matches this year already. And it's a, a big thing that I love to do. But then I have a a weird reluctance whenever it comes to concerts where I'm like, no, I don't go to them. And I, I've only started trying to really question that now. I'm like, why, like, why do I not want to go and see that person that I fucking listen to all the time? But I will go watch the rugby. It's honest. In my head, I'm like, that's the same thing. Yeah, like we're going this weekend. I'm yeah. so excited. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. But I'm like, if... No, I have got tickets to Coldplay, but I can't remember the last concert I've been to. And do you listen to Coldplay? No, like no one, <laughs> no one listens to Coldplay. But, <laughs> but everyone can sing along. Coldplay should be the next overrated or underrated question. <laughs> oh my god! Because I, I could probably name you two or three songs, but I could probably sing along to like twenty. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I don't know all the players and all the rugby teams. But I know I'm going to have a fucking good time when I get there. It's so weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. So, weird. so let's see if Elaine agrees. I, I, I do agree, right? Nothing beats being there. Uh, I love going to gigs. Matches, not so much. Because uh, Loud, unfortunately, don't get to Crow Park all that often. I went once this year and they lost. Um, but yeah, nothing beats the feeling of being there, the experience of watching your favourite band or live music, feeling the music. But the fucking experience, it's just getting worse and worse. So I went to uh, Dermot Kennedy. I know, yeah, I'm going to flip flip my change it here. Two main gripes about Dermot Kennedy. Everyone was on their fucking phones. They're watching the concert oh. through... the through their phone and it's so frustrating there was a girl in front of me she was early like late teens and she, she she wasn't even facing the stage her phone was facing the stage and she was facing the other way uh it was just bizarre and the other thing was the wine there was no ice for the wine the, the, <laughs> it was all cut it was all warm the drinks weren't cold sorry wine and ice don't go together Wine was warm, so just the experience is letting me down. You know the 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 queuing and I, ha- I haven't been to a gig where that's an issue. That's interesting. Oh, the, the service, the service industry let us down massively at Dermot Kennedy. Did, I did experience that. I went to an ice hockey game in San Francisco like thirteen years ago, right? And that's obviously you know back then it probably wasn't as big an issue, but it was San Francisco, so it's like tech central. And it was the first time I experienced every single desk or table in every coffee shop had a MacBook on it. Every single. And I was like, what? Where am I? What is this place? But I went to the ice hockey game and everybody just sat on their phone scrolling for the whole game. I was like, what is this place? It's so strange. But now it's the norm, right? Yeah. And when so you odd. notice that it's hard to pull out, I just found myself being like, what are these people yeah, doing? Why, do we get why so, are they doing We it? get fed up with it, don't we? But then the it's ne- weird. The next day, right? I was looking back at my videos of Dermot and I couldn't see him properly. And I went out and bought a new phone. So I was like, oh, my phone, shit, I couldn't see him. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's a good memory to have. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Maybe, maybe that's my thing with concerts then. Because you don't, you don't go to the rugby and have a load of yeah. people with their phone recording it because you can't capture something good there. Whereas yeah. a concert, yeah, every, 
everyone and their grannies trying to record everything for a video they'll never ever ever watch back that's true because whenever you see someone's stories they have like eight clips of a gig mm. from somewhere in the you, crowd you can't hear what the person's singing yeah it's just noise and yeah it's shit stop yeah. recording things at your gigs okay. <laughs> but nothing beats being there so we all do okay <laughs> oh my god this is the most incoherent answer is this, of all is time. this us just getting old is it yeah, oh my god Okay, we've got one more. Overrated, underrated. I love this one. We've got breakfast for dinner or dinner for breakfast. Underrated. Overrated. Underrated. What are you talking about? So I'm going to go first again. There is nothing better than an evening and you just realize I could just make a bowl of cereal. Or I'm just going to get some rashes and sausages and eggs (laughs) and make them for my dinner. It feels like such a weird treat to me because yeah. it's out of place. But yet, some days it's the exact right thing. It's very rare. What's rare is beautiful. Isn't that right? And then you just sit down and enjoy it. And you're like, I know I feel different than I usually do than after my dinner. It's it's amazing. It's a weird out of place taste. What I don't do is the dinner for breakfast. Can't deal with that. Don't know about that. What about you, James? I love dinner for breakfast. I went through uh, a phase where, pre-inflation, <laughs> I would have a steak for breakfast at least once a week. Steak with kale, spinach, and some broccoli. I did that for a while as well. And I just like, if I wasn't training, um, and I had a busy day, and I needed some like high dense nutrients, but pretty, l- I was trying to go pretty low calorie. As I'm just going to get fillet steak, cook it, rare. And have a load of sauteed veg with butter, salt, pepper that works. And I was able to like work and work and work off that. Whereas if I have, I know even now, this is like maybe a self-awareness thing as well. Where if I have a really high carb meal to start the day, I don't think as well. It takes me longer to do things. Whereas if I have a higher protein, higher fat meal to start my day, I always feel better. And breakfast foods typically, minus the rashers and bacon and stuff, but that's pretty highly processed but like your porridge and your cereals mm. it's just all carbs so i always try and have that meal at lunchtime before i train or in the evening time. not gonna lie when i came in a few months ago and there's always a smell of dinner in the chill out room at 8 a.m yeah or Sorry. 8 30 a.m it's always a bit like i'm not sure if i can handle this maybe <laughs> i need to ban it but then i didn't and i got over it and now i'm used to it but it is weird like because amy comes in as well some days and yeah. she's having her dinner first thing in the morning well the other side of that is like i'm up at four and i don't eat till nine but like if you put that in regular people context like most people get up at seven yeah but most people are not having their 10 a.m or 11 a.m dinner yeah but it's still weird yeah but it's not 10 or 11 if you get up at seven yeah it's it's 11 or 12 yeah Yeah, that's dinner like that's that's a country dinner (laughs) well i'm not from the country (laughs) i'm excited to hear elaine's answer here I have a fixed mindset on <laughs> on eating. I believe you should eat breakfast foods at breakfast time and dinner foods at dinner time. And it's just a smell and texture thing. The smell of your sweet and sour chili thing at 10 a.m. when so I walk odd. in here. It's so strange. But I do like a good brunch now. I would like a, a brunch, like a, yeah, at 
brunch o'clock, like 10 But would that be, o'clock. would you have breakfast and then brunch or would that be your first meal? That'd be my first meal. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, right. you know. But yeah, and like a steak at 8 a.m., I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I tried it for a while. Jeez, it nearly killed me. Every day I had to really force it. I was like, jeez, oh, okay, let's go again. This is so strange. A I couldn't get my head around of, it. A lot of chewing at that time of the morning. I just don't <laughs> a think. Lot of effort. A lot of pay, you know, just slop in the porridge. Do you think it's such a societally constructed thing, though? Of course. Yeah, so it's bollocks what Elaine's saying then, basically. You could say that. <laughs> you could say that. But there is something that, like, I do get a, like, a physical reaction where I'm like, I can't get my... You have an ick? Yeah, like a... I think I'd feel nauseous and I feel a bit nauseous when I smell dinner that time in the morning. I'm like, ooh, yeah. no, I don't think my system could handle that. I need, like, a, I'm porridge first thing in the morning. I can handle that. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. That's our overrated <coughs> underrated this week. Thanks to Gary for the suggestion. Well, it was a twist on his suggestion. So if anyone has any overrated, underrated, if they want the crew to take on, send them through or to Or any Instagram. topics at all. Yeah, anything at all. Any feedback. Um, Boo Collective is the best place to send that to. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap it there today. Thanks a lot.